Welcome to this verse-by-verse Bible teaching from Calvary Queen Creek in Arizona with Pastor Jim Remington. We hope you're blessed by listening. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. For more information, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org. All right, Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. I think we're going to make it through the rest of the chapter. Uh, It's a very interesting chapter in timing with what's been going on. Acts chapter 19, we'll pick it up in verse 21. Verse 21. Um, Actually, let's go back to verse 17. This became known to both all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear, holy reverence, fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And you remember last week we talked about how we need to lift up the name of Jesus, not lift up our AK or our AR, but lift up the name of Jesus. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. This was self-willed. No one was breaking into houses and doing things like that, burning places down. No, they came for a public testimony of we are no longer going to follow after these false idols, false worship. And they counted up the value of them and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. Who would like to have 50,000 pieces of silver today? Yeah, hello. Bring it on, Lord. Please bless me. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. And we also focused on that. So the word of God, the word of the Lord. And so for us last week, as well as today, as we keep going down this road that we're going down, we got to remember so that our hearts don't grow cold and hard and start hating a group or an individual because there's only one race, the human race. We're all made in the image of God. We're approaching 8 billion people. Now, now, not even close to those 8 billion people of Jesus as their Savior, but those of us who do, we are ambassadors for Christ, and it's our responsibility to take Jesus to them. That's our role. So, 21. When these things were accomplished, Paul purposed in the Spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem, saying, After I've been there, I must also see Rome. So he sent into Macedonia two of those who ministered to him, Timothy and Erastus, but he himself stayed in Asia for a time. Father, we thank you for the morning. Thank you. We're just going to continue in our worship. Lord, what a blessing. What a a freedom we enjoy. This is impossible in many countries around the world. It's against the law in Saudi Arabia and many Muslim countries. It's against the law to, to read a Bible. It's against the law to pray openly. It's against the law to get baptized. Father, we thank you and praise you that we still have some freedom in this country as we see them slipping away. But that's okay. Persecution grows the church. It grows the church. So if that's what it takes, Lord, bring it on. Because we want to see people saved. This is not about America. This is about the cross. And who are we going to take with us to heaven? Father, we pray for... uh, Just more of your Holy Spirit as we've seen this blessing of people getting publicly baptized to proclaim their desire to serve and follow Jesus. Lord, as believers in this room, we all desire to serve you, but we need more of your Holy Spirit to do that. I pray for the gift of teaching and that you'll be glorified this morning in and through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Well, Paul was going to continue his third missionary journey. If you're new or visiting, we're in the book of Acts, and this is his third and final missionary journey, not his final journey, but his final missionary journey, by revisiting those cities that he had visited during his second missionary journey. And again, Luke, as we've noted prior in Acts, does not give us a list of cities, but there are most likely Philippi, Thessalonica, Berea, and Corinth, along with others. We have seen that Paul has a heart for those whom he had a privilege to share the gospel with. And this is so important that we have a heart for one another. As we see the heart of people growing cold and doing things that are just totally crazy and inappropriate, we have to guard our own hearts because my heart is desperately wicked. So he sent Timothy and Erastus on ahead of him to prepare for his visit. But what does that mean? What does this mean that he purposed through the Spirit? What does that mean? Very important, especially for you young believers. You see, when we look up the root word of spirit, capital S here in the context, or in the text, uh, depending upon the text in the scriptures, it can refer to the spirit of a person. It's the same root word. It can refer to the spirit of a person or the Holy Spirit, which I think is a very important point in the life of a Bible-believing Christian. You see, we all have a spirit, and it is this spirit that follows after the desires of the flesh. But once we become born again, we learn to submit our spirits or our desires, those fleshly desires, as we've been talking about on Wednesday night in junior high, to the Holy Spirit or what the desires of the Holy Spirit are. So as a young believer, this is what you want to start aiming for. It was such a blessing to, to baptize these guys as um, they are the age that I was when I received Jesus as my Savior. Now 42 years later, it's such a blessing to see God still doing a work in the youth and he wants to continue doing that. But we as older saints need to pour into the youth and the youth need to get mentored and disciples on Sunday morning as well as men's Bible study and other times as well. So don't be afraid to mentor someone or if you're young, ask to be mentored. It's so vital. Let's look at Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Again, we all have a spirit and it is this spirit that follows after the desires of the flesh. As I shared with the youth On Wednesday night, our flesh has a desire to breathe. So we come up, when we're in the pool, we come up for what? Air. Our flesh needs air. Uh, We have a desire to drink. So we drink a lot of water. Our body is made up, I believe, of two-thirds water or plus. We need water. Um, We have a desire for food. We need to eat. Um, We have a desire for sex. And according to the word of God, that's a healthy desire in the covenant of marriage. Outside, it's unhealthy. It damages the heart and can damage the heart for as long as you live. So you want to be careful with what you do with your body. These are natural fleshly desires. But then there are unnatural fleshly desires like pornography or gambling or lying and steeding and rioting and looting Those are of the flesh. You have something, I want it, it's dark, there's no police around, I'm going to break into the store and take it because that's what I want. I need, I saw a guy on the the video the other day carrying a mattress out of a store. So you're going to sleep for the next three years on a stolen mattress and be fine with that? 
as an unbeliever, yeah, it, it was free and it's nice and soft. Praise God. But they're not going to say praise God. They're going to say praise me. I got it. That's the flesh. Psalm 37, do not fret because of evildoers. Is this appropriate? See, guys, this is for you and me today. There's a lot of evil going on in the land, and it's only going to increase. It's only going to increase because that's what the Bible says is going to happen before Jesus comes back. It's going to be as it was in the days of Noah. In the days of Noah, there was violence upon the face of the whole earth. You can't legislate morality. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light, not self-righteousness, just your righteousness, being right with God, and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. Do you hear something here? Do not fret, it only causes harm. Are we seeing this in the riots? For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord shall inherit the earth. The thousand year reign of Christ for believers, as well as the new heavens and the new earth in Revelation. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth. Hmm, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Isn't that what Jesus said in Matthew on the Sermon on the Mount? Now, meek is not weak. Meek is strength in humility, Strength in humility, being able to say, I'm sorry, or I made a mistake, or how can I serve you? How can I help you? Being meek. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. There are many things in these verses that should come, become a lifelong endeavor. So I encourage you to read over these verses again, maybe this week at some point. You see, as I continue to build that relationship with God, Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the triunity of the Godhead, through the word of God and through prayer, it does become easier to distinguish my fleshly desires, acknowledge them, and then submit to the Holy Spirit's desires. Because what we just read is God shall give us the desires of our heart. Now, if you're young in the Lord, right away you start thinking, oh, that's great, I need a new car. That's fantastic. God, that's a desire of my heart. You're going to give that to me, right? Yep, there it is. 1978 Buick. No, no, that can't be it. God, you must have heard my prayer wrong. You said you needed a car, didn't you? But we'll get this silly nonsense in his head. Well, no, that's not, that, no, no, no. Yeah, I had a desire, but no, no, no. That's not the right car. And God's saying, no, it's the car you need. It's the car you need to get from point A to point B. 
Are you willing to take it? Are you willing to use it? Because again, as I grow in the Lord, I start to seek out God's desires to become my own desires. So when you read the Bible and it says that God gives you the desires of my heart, it's not talking about me and my flesh. It's talking about me spending time in the word through prayer and taking on the desires of God so that when I am praying, yes, those are my desires, but I know that's what God would have me to have because I need a car to get from, from point A to point B to get to my work. And so when somebody says, hey, I have a car for you, how much are you selling it for? Actually, nothing. It's yours. It's free. It works? Yes, it works. It passed emissions. It's a 78 Buick. Uh, well, that's, that's nice, but I think God has another car for me. You're going to go through the lesson again. Why? Because my soul, often mentioned in the Bible as my heart, has been transformed into a godly heart. You see, it is a simple idea. And we can say these simple things, and for you young believers, we can say a lot of simple things in Christianity, and they sound so simple, they're not. Because guys, this is a lifelong process. Even at 60 years old, I still have desires. And I gotta make sure that my desires are God's desires, and I plan accordingly, or else I will fail, and I'll suffer the consequences of it. So no matter how old you are in this room, till the day you take your last breath, you will have fleshly desires. And so you got to go back to the word and you need to pray and maybe seek counsel. Get together with others and pray and go, are, are, my, are these desires actually God's desires? And allow yourself to be checked. Let's look at Matt, Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. Allow the Holy Spirit through maybe a mate, uh, through maybe your, your, your children, your siblings, through other believers Allow them to maybe check you. Luke 9.23 says, And then Jesus said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, so I'm not going to do a show of hands, because I believe everyone in this room, you're here this morning, because you love God, you love Jesus, and you want to follow Jesus. So, so as we read the first part of this verse, I believe this is 100% fulfilled in your life as a Bible-believing Christian. If anyone desires to come after me, that boom, that's 100% fulfilled. Now comes responsibility. Now comes the hard part. Let him or her deny himself. Ah. could we have just stopped the verse at the... No, we can't. This is Jesus speaking. You know, when Jesus, you know who Jesus is saying this to? To the 12 disciples, including Judas. Judas had a fleshly desire. And he betrayed, the, he betrayed Jesus. But Jesus is talking to not only 11, he's talking to Judas as well. Deny yourself. They're coming back from Caesarea Philippi, where Jesus said, who do men say that I am? Who do you say that I am? This is where they're coming back. They're coming back down to the Galilee area, the Sea of Galilee, Capernaum was their headquarters. So on their way down, Jesus is telling them, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily, and follow me. Not follow our politicians. Not follow the pastor per se. But to follow Jesus. Now we do need good examples. Even Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1, follow me as I follow Christ. So there's nothing wrong with having good examples. Don't, don't take it to an extreme. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake 
will save it. Verse 25, a key verse, especially for you young believers. For what profit is it to a man or woman if he gains the whole world? Your 401k is worth $3 trillion. You're going to be cruising when you turn 65. Unfortunately, he died of a massive heart attack when you were 64. Man, what a bummer. This is reality, guys. This is reality. We can, we can get so focused on the temporal, the temporal, the temporal, and then something happens. Or you're in your 70s, you've got all the money in the world, but you have issues, physical issues, mental issues, maybe dementia, or worse yet, Alzheimer's. Guys, this is this life. This is reality. This is this life. We've got to take this seriously. For what is a profit of man if he gains the whole world? And is himself destroyed or lost. That's for you and I, guys. That's for you and I. Now, let's ask the question, what's my cross? Again, especially for you young believers, what is my cross? What does that mean? What is my cross? For you older saints, don't look to your spouse. Or your kids, even though they feel like it's your cross to bear at times. You see, it's your fleshly desires that vie for our calling. It's those fleshly desires that vie for our calling. So the Holy Spirit calls us to deny those fleshly desires that distract us and follow after the desires that Jesus had to seek and save the lost. Very sad this past week what's going on in our country. And it's very sad what happened the other night in the the riot somebody carrying an AR, but I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but Galatians chapter 5, let's look at Galatians chapter 5, because again, what does this mean? What does this mean to die, to crucify, to to crucify the flesh? Well, let's look at it. Let's get a practical example of it in Galatians chapter 5. 22, but the fruit of the Spirit, notice, capital S, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, not the fruit of your spirit, is love, out of love, agape love, because the fruit of my spirit is phileo, before I knew Jesus as my savior, phileo is one of the Greek words for love, and phileo love is brotherly love, I love you, you love me, you slap me, I'm going to slap you harder, right, for you guys, you know what I'm talking about, especially if you have sibling brothers, yeah, let's get it on, I love you that much, let's do it. That's not the fruit that's, that, that, that's being spoken of here. The Holy Spirit is love. That's the first. And then these are the byproducts of that. Joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ, so every Bible-believing Christian in this room this morning, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Notice that. You and I have to do this. And again, this is a part of Christianity that a lot of Christians don't understand or get. They just think, well, I received Jesus, so everything should be fine now. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Notice that, Holy Spirit. Don't walk in your spirit, walk in the Holy Spirit. Galatians 2, just turn to your left a page or two. Galatians 2.20, Paul again makes it very personal which you and I have to make it personal. 
I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And that's why he could say in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, follow me as I follow Christ. I mean, that's a, that's a big statement to make for anybody. But Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let's look back in Acts chapter 19. Pick it up in verse 23. And about that time, there arose a great commotion about the way. And the way is the name of the church. So saying the way was the Christian church. It's been over two years now since Paul has been teaching the Ephesians about Jesus being the Christ or the Savior of the world. And this had, this had an obvious impact upon the people of this area as well as those passing through Ephesus. So much so. So much so. They were going to see the local craftsmen who sold silver idols of Diana are becoming greatly concerned. Kind of like spokes, uh, sports fans of today. Oh, no football? I am greatly concerned. No basketball, no baseball. Praise God. I like what one person said. None of these are essential. None of these are essential. Matter of fact, my recommendation would be just close it all down and let these guys go work at, another, at, a, at a regular wage and let them figure out what life is all about. Then they'd probably want to come back and do it for a lot less. And they'd really love it. They would really love it. Isn't that a great testimony, though, as we look at this in verse 23? I mean, isn't this a great testimony of the church? You see, was Paul teaching about false idols? Probably. He had traveled through areas that were steeped in idol worship and pagan practices. But I think he focused and taught more on the God of all creation than the idols. And when we went into a habit of reading the word of God daily, seeds are planted. Again, for you young saints, get in the habit of reading your Bible every single day. Not out of duty or legalism, but out of devotion. Out of devotion. I want to know who I'm going to spend eternity with. God Almighty. So important. Those seeds bring forth over time and they become rooted in the truth. Then when someone comes along and tries to convince me of something false, like the Black Lives Matter movement, I have something to check or evaluate that movement against. Not just my own head knowledge. And unfortunately, this is what we fall back on. Most of the time when we get in an argument about what's happening in our culture, we fall back to, well, I think, well, I read, well, I know. Really? That's not much of an argument. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. When you go to the word of God that hasn't changed, now you can stand on something and go, well, you know, this is what the Bible says. Well, I don't want to hear about that. Well, you don't want to hear about my opinion either. And I don't want to hear about yours. Not just my own head knowledge or my own truth. Well, that's your truth. No, that's the truth. Or my own feelings or opinions, but the truth of God's word. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. You see, as I continue to implement that process into my life, I will be doing what the Ephesians were encouraged and encouraged every believer to do. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. 
So we see the giftings of the Holy Spirit. And what are the giftings for? This is just one verse. There's other verses. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. You see, my main role at the church, especially on Sunday morning, is to disciple the church. Not to get up here and tell my stories and my opinions and my beliefs, but to keep taking you back to the Word of God. What does the Word of God say? What does the Word of God say? What does the Word of God say? Why? So that when you go out into the workplace, you're not saying, well, my pastor said, well, my pastor believes, well, with his opinion, who cares? Nobody cares. So when you go out into the workplace, you have specific scriptures that you can give to someone. Why is marriage between one genetic male and one genetic female? Memorize Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church and gave himself for it. That's Just memorize that one verse and you can close every argument. Every husband... Notice, husband, not every male. Every husband represents Christ. Every wife represents the church. End of conversation, end of discussion. Do you want to argue some more? That's the verse. You don't like that verse? Well, you got a problem with God, not me. You can take care of it very quickly. Till we all come to the unity of the faith. Notice this here, unity of the faith. And of the knowledge of the Son of God to a, mature, a perfect man, which is a mature man or woman, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So who do we measure ourselves against? Well, I'm not as bad as so-and-so. Well, that's nice. But that's not who we're measuring against. We're looking to Jesus. Am I more like Jesus at the end of this day than I am right now? So we want to keep looking to Jesus that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. The BLM has an agenda. Be aware of that, as I encourage you to do. Read their, go onto their website and read what we believe, and you will see their agenda. It's not about lifting up black men. It's about lifting up black women and putting black men and all men of any color, and white is a color, a man of any color down, down, below women. We're going to reverse it here. We're going to reverse it. Just know the word of God. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head. Notice again, who's the head? Christ. Who's my head? Christ. Who's Claudia's head? Christ. In the heavenlies, but on the earthly, she allows me, she submits to my headship because I'm following Christ, like we talked about last week. From whom the whole body, all of the church, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. Notice that. So no one is not important. Every Christian is important to the body of Christ. And we have volunteers that come in during the week to clean. That is very, very important. We have other saints that can't come in due to health reasons or whatever, but they're praying for the church. They're praying for specific people, for, for missionaries. Every, every member has an important part according to the effect of working by which every part does its share. Notice that, guys. Notice that. And I didn't pick this out because we need volunteers for Wednesday night. This is just the scriptures. This is just the scriptures. I'm not smart enough to do that. This goes in with our text. But it also applies to Sunday morning. We need help in Sunday school. Wednesday night. 
at the men's Bible study, at the women's Bible study, instead of just coming and being a consumer, consume, consume, what are you going to give me today? What are you going to give me today? What are you going to, that's the government. But when you come to church, you should be coming with the idea, what can I do? Can I help? What can I do? Can I help? I'm available. You need anything done? You see, we've got to change the mentality, the culture of the church, because that's the culture of the church is, I'm here, feed me. Yeah, the music wasn't so good this morning. Yeah, the teaching. Yeah. Uh, Sunday school. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what are you doing to help? Oh, don't do that, Pastor. I don't got time. No, nobody else does too, but they seem to volunteer. Not much of an excuse, right? Every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Acts 19, 24 through 29, for a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver shrines of Diana, brought no small profit to the craftsmen. Notice that, very important. Brought no small profit to the craftsmen. He called them together with the workers of similar occupation and said, men, you know that we have our prosperity by this trade. Again, make note of that. Moreover, you see and hear that not only at Ephesus, but throughout almost all Asia, and I have this highlighted in my Bible, this Paul has persuaded and turned away many people, praise God, saying that there are not gods which are made with hands. Notice Paul's message was so clear that they were able to, they were able to tell others exactly what Paul's message was. There's one God and Diana's not it. That's great. So we don't need to talk about idols, we need to talk about God. So that not only in this tra- is this trade of ours in danger of falling into disrepute, but also the temple of the great goddess Diana may be despised and her magnificent destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worship. Now when they heard this, they were full of wrath and cried out saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. So the whole city was filled with confusion and rushed into the theater with one accord, having seen Gaius and Aratarchus, the Macedonians, Paul's traveling companions. And you'll remember that this amphitheater could hold up to 25,000 people. 25,000 people. But what do we see? Money was the main reason for this riot against Paul and the teachings of Jesus in verse 24 and 25 brought no small profit and prosperity. The craftsman's secondary concern was that of the goddess Diana. Very important. Secondary concern. This is a typical of religion even today and has become the mainstay of many modern churches. It's Christian churches. It's all about numbers. The church corporation has become a corporation. Charts, graphs, demographics, social acceptance, trying to have a product like the world so that the world will like the church. That's not what the gospel teaches us. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, don't be surprised when people hate you because of me. They hated me first. We shouldn't be surprised at this. Has the gospel just become another product to make a few people wealthy? I think it has. And for that, the Christian church should be rebuked. Now, there's nothing wrong with paying the staff of any Bible-believing church through the funds donated because that's totally scriptural. But the ways of getting those funds donated, 
That might just be what the leadership of a church needs to evaluate. What are our motives for what we do? Whether we're paid or, let's extend this a little bit, whether we volunteer. What are our motives? Do we want to be up front so that people will look at us and say, oh, you have such a beautiful voice? Or we just want to elevate the name of Jesus. Very important to literally see people get saved and transformed, transformed into followers of Christ. You see, these idol worshipers expose the heart of the issue and the issue of the heart. Guys, that's what it's all about. The heart of the issue is what is the issue of my heart? Where's my heart at? In this case, was the finances. You see, as we continue to read the word, it exposes the one need in every person to have a personal relationship with Jesus. And this scares many denominations. Why do the Mormons say that you can't leave the Mormon church? If you leave the Mormon church, you're going to hell. Why do they say that? Because they're afraid that if somebody hears the truth, that they will leave, and then that'll affect their attendance. Scare tactics, Roman Catholic. I was raised Roman Catholic. This is church teaching. I'm not bashing churches. This is their teaching. If you leave the Roman Catholic Church, you are damned. You left the faith. You are going to hell or purgatory, whichever is hotter, which purgatory doesn't exist. Purgatory is hell. Just a little Catholic teaching there. Islam. You leave Islam? Do you guys know what that is? That's the death sentence. You can't leave Islam. We'll kill you. Oh, that's a nice church to belong to. Yeah, I want to be a part of that church. Great religion. Yeah, like that one. Acts 19, 30, 31. And when Paul wanted to go into the people, the disciples would not allow him. Then some of the officials of Asia, who were Paul's friends, sent to him pleading that he would not venture into the theater. You see, there is wisdom on when to address a riot and when not to. There's not a lot of wisdom going to a riot with an AR. There's just not a lot of wisdom in doing that. It's downright foolish, and I hope he gets his just punishment. I enjoy guns, I have guns, but use wisdom and going to a riot with anything other than a sign that says Jesus saves is going to be absolute foolishness. You're going to get your head beat in, but at least if it's your head beat in, you got your head beat in for Jesus and not for being a fool, carrying an AR. Praise God, Christians are going and ministering in these places. They're ministering the gospel. They're ministering the gospel, and that's what we're called to do. Verse 33, and they drew, I'm sorry, verse 32. Some therefore cried one thing. So maybe there was 25,000, maybe there was 5,000. We don't know, but it says the whole city. So there was a lot of people there. Some therefore cried one thing and some another for the assembly was confused. And I have this highlighted in my Bible. And most of them did not know why they had come. If you do a little bit of studying on Black Lives Matter, you will come to understand that most of the men who are wearing those shirts have no idea what the agenda of the movement is. They have no idea whatsoever. They haven't even read what we believe. It's just let's, 
Let's get on the, let's get on the train. Wow, this is great. And then all the owners and then everybody else and young, young people that don't, uh, have not read it are getting on the bandwagon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you guys see the other day that some people came into a restaurant trying to force those who are quietly eating their meal to raise a hand and say, Black Lives Matter? Uh, no. Jesus matters. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Because that's what matters. Guys, this is what's taking place, and this is a riot. Most of, look at, and most of them, is this not applicable? 2,000 years ago, is that not applicable in 2020? And most of them did not know why they had come together. We don't even know why we're here except Black Lives Matters. And they drew Alexander out of the multitude, the Jews putting him forth. And Alexander motioned with his hand and wanted to make his defense to the people. When, but when they found out that he was a Jew, all with one voice cried out for about two hours, great as Diana of the Ephesians. So riots are nothing new, guys. But you're a Jew? No, no, we know you Jews, and you Jews have one God, and it's not Diana, so we don't want to hear anything from you. And when the city clerk had quieted the crowd, he said, men of Ephesus, what man is there who does not know that the city of the Ephesians is temple guardian of the great goddess Diana? And the image which fell down from heaven. In your Bible it says Zeus, but that's heaven. Where did Zeus come? Heaven. So this temple came down, mysteriously appeared. Therefore, since these things cannot be denied, (laughs) you ought to be quiet and do nothing rashly. For you have brought these men here who are neither robbers of temples nor blasphemers of your goddess. Therefore, if Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a case against anyone, the courts are open and there are proconsuls. Let them bring charges against one another. What are you supposed to do? Now, if you read your Bible, if there's issues between us and the church, we're supposed to bring those issues to one another. If they can't get resolved, then we're supposed to, biblically, bring them to the elders of the church privately, quietly, openly and fairly in a small group of people so that the elders can help to maybe fix the problem. And then if it needs to go before the heathen, then you go before the heathen. But that's, for, that's what the Bible says to do. You Christians should be able to deal with these situations in a loving, kind manner, not taking sides or being prejudiced. Verse 39, but if you have any other inquiry to make, it shall be determined in a lawful assembly. For we are in danger of being called in question for today's uproar. Rome, it never went over good. It never went over with Rome. It never went over with Rome having a riot. Matter of fact, they would send in the legions and quelch and innocent people would be killed. There being no reason which we give an account for this disorderly gathering. And when he had said these things, he dismissed the assembly. See, it's very, very important. Wisdom overruled the crowd. Rational thinking brought them back into reality. It might not seem like the best way, but according to the word of God, it is. And so I encourage you with this as we close. Even as I just shared right now, you might go, oh no, I'm not going to come to the elders. I'm going to go right to court. Okay, whatever. Do Do what you believe God's calling you to do. But what does the Bible say to do? Do we want to be more like Jesus? Then be more like Jesus. You want to be more like the world? Be the world. But the most important part is being more like Jesus. And then again, I'd like to just throw up that last slide in case you didn't get it. Jim, would you throw that up again? Because guys, this is going to be the election that's going to determine the next four years, whether you like it or not. So you young people, you need to register, you need to do your homework, you need to study, you need to vote. All of you, 
please vote for another Christian. If you go, ah, I'm not going to vote. Do us all a favor and just say, okay, I'll vote for another Christian. I don't want to, but I'll vote for another Christian. Do your homework. Who's the best candidate party that, li- that lines up with the scriptures on the following topics? And again, add your own topics. Feel free. There are many, many topics, but these are just a few that I picked out that I really believe are the most important. Um, there's a sister in our church who I was at our party last night. We had a great party, young adult or young families, encouraging and involved. We had a blast. We had a blast. But she's 23 weeks pregnant, and I looked at her. I thought, wow, you're six months pregnant, almost six months pregnant. And it's totally acceptable to abort that baby. To abort that baby. Next slide, Jim. Read the party's platform. Read the party's platform. If you're a Bible-believing Christian, it's going to be totally obvious. Father, we thank you and praise you for the morning. We thank you for the opportunity to freely gather to, to share and speak of your word. And Lord, we know there's a lot of things going on and our emotions can get wrapped up and we can pick this side or that side or we got to be on the side of you, Father. You want people to be saved. You're not looking at the color of a person's skin. You're calling out to them to repent, to repent of their fleshly desires and to get right with Jesus. And Father, we as believers right now pray for anyone in this room who does not have Jesus as their Savior, that they would realize they are marching towards eternity. They are going to take their last breath at some point. And then they will not have an opportunity to repent. Have them repent this morning. You're giving them that opportunity. Open their minds that they would freely repent and get right with you, God to come up afterwards and ask Jesus to be their Savior. Lord, I pray for those who got baptized, as Matt already did. Lord, we just pray, fill them afresh with your Holy Spirit. Fill all of us afresh with your Holy Spirit. But especially for these young believers, send their roots down deep, Father, that they'll be an oak tree, a sturdy oak tree, that will withstand the trials of this life. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Let's all stand, guys. God bless you. If you need prayer, please come up. We'd love to pray for you. If you don't know Jesus, come up. We'd love to pray with you. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's Word. If you have any questions, would like to request prayer, or want more information about our church and how you can experience the love and hope of Jesus Christ in your life, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org.